in West Des Moines. A day off from the practice field for the Chiefs as they get ready to host the Chargers on Sunday, the second of three games in a row against division opponents. Cowboys head into their bye week at 4-2, and two, a game behind the Eagles in the NFC East after closing out week six with last night's sloppy win over the Chargers. Colts owner Jim Ursay says rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson is probably going to miss the rest of the season and may undergo shoulder surgery. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Hour number two, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Bottom of the hour, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. He'll help us out through the first six weeks of the NFL. Trent's plays of the day before we get out of here, just before one as well. Before we do, Vinny Iyer, though, let's head to Kansas City. Our friend Matt Postens is there for Heartland College Sports. The Big 12 is uh, conducting their uh, men's and women's media days, and Matt joins us. Matt, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Uh, always good to catch up with you. Um, I love it in particular when you're either at football media days or basketball media days, as Brett Yormark usually gives the assembled media uh, an audience uh, an opportunity to speak and ask him questions. And I guess that's where I'll start with you, other than uh, welcoming you back to the program. Uh, did Yormark make any news in your mind today uh, so far, Matt? Um. He did, but not like, um, you know, earth-shattering news. For instance, he said he would have no comment about realignment today, so he pretty much shut down any questions about Gonzaga or anybody else hmm. uh, as far as that goes. Um, one thing of note is that they are negotiating to keep the Big 12 tournaments in Kansas City through 2031. Awesome. Uh, he said they hope to have that completed by the time the tournament starts in March. Uh, he said they're very happy with the improvements they're making at the arena uh, they're adding some uh, clubs on the concourse this year. They're uh, adding some other amenities for fans. So uh, the things that he talked about last year, the things he wanted to add to the tournament, it sounds like uh, Kansas City's amenable. So they're they're hoping to get that taken care of by 2031. Um, other thing, he did talk about basketball scheduling. It sounds like they're going to do 20 games for men and 18 for women starting next year. Talking to Mark Kellogg from West Virginia about that a bit ago, and he said he's in the 18-game camp. It's a nice, happy medium. It feels like 20 is too much. feels like 16 is too little. Uh, I think the men want the 20 because they want to remain in alignment with the SEC, the Big Ten, and the other conferences that already play 20. Can, can I just jump in real quick uh, on uh, on Kansas City? Of course, we love it because it's so yeah. close. But for a guy mm-hmm. like yourself, Matt, who's headquartered in uh, the Dallas area, uh, schools like uh, Texas Tech and TCU and Baylor, etc., do they enjoy Kansas City as much as we do here? I they seem to. Okay, uh, you know I I see plenty of fans here when I come to the tournament each year. Uh, they're obviously some of them are over at Power and Light after the game or before the game or sometimes even during the game, depending on mm-hmm. how the game is going. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the four new schools, uh, you know, appreciate, you know, the tournament when it comes around in March. But I, I think I think what really sticks out in your Mark's mind is that they're the only show in town all week. It's the only tournament in town. Um, he feels like they get, you know, the attention they deserve as a conference. Um, I think there might have been some thought in his mind of maybe moving it around a little bit until he experienced the conference tournament last year, and I think that's gotcha. what sold him on keeping it here in Kansas City long term. 
makes a whole lot of sense. We also know what basketball means to him with his background and his belief that basketball is being shortchanged as it pertains to not just media rights, but a lot of other factors there. Did he say anything else about that, the expansion? I know you said that got shut down, but but just mm-hmm. almost how he gets to the point where he believes that the Big 12 basketball, it's such a great brand in general, and it's been the best conference for a decade now. What more it can do to build upon itself? Well, I, I think one thing they're doing, at least with the women's game, is they're they're elevating it even more this year. I think they've got 13 national games on television this year. They're adding a weekly show on Sirius XM Radio, which will be specific to women's basketball, but also include some Olympic sports. And he did talk a little bit about, you know, just, you know, kind of getting prepared for the next television deal, which sounds crazy because the, the really? yeah. hasn't even started yet. Yeah. But um, he, he is thinking about it, and he is still looking at the idea of, um, you know, negotiating football and basketball separately because he, he does firmly believe that basketball is undervalued. Yeah. Um, I think expansion's probably going to be a part of that. Uh, at some point, just in my opinion, he didn't confirm anything today, just to be clear. Uh, but he also, they're also looking at an alternative broadcast for some of these games this year, something like what the NFL did with Nickelodeon, hmm. you know, like the, the Burden Tarasi show during the Women's Final Four, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, they're, they're thinking through some of that with ESPN as well this year. So you could, you know, they're, they're looking at different strategies that they believe can elevate the conference, make it a even better basketball brand, and put it in a position where they could. You know, do something like the Big East did back in the 80s when they, at one point they had five different television contracts spinning at the same time and were driving revenue to all of their members in a way that no basketball conference had done previously. Hmm. Uh, unlike football, where the uh, the newbies, if you want to call them that, have kind of struggled to get their footing, uh, that probably won't be the case when it comes to basketball, right? Houston, would we call them, I mean, legit right off the bat? Where where do they fit in? I think they were preseason number two in the poll that came out last week. But uh, in, in your mind, do they deserve to be that high? Is this a legitimate uh, threat right off the bat uh, in the Big 12? I think they're legitimately talented. Uh, when you look at their roster and you look at uh, you know what they can do to teams uh, on a one-game basis, I think the only real question that I have is you know the scheduling in the conference. You know, and and the women's coaches here kind of talked about that a little bit. They know they're going from the American Athletic or the West Coast to the Big Twelve Conference, and they're talking about you know how they know every night it's going to be a grind. I mean, Mark Kellogg from West Virginia was talking about how he's played half of these teams in non-conference. So he knows how difficult it is to play in these venues. Uh, you know, Houston, for me, the only question I have is, you know, there are some, there are some cupcakes in the American Athletic Conference. There's, a, there's a two or three nights where you're like, okay, we don't have to play our best game to win tonight. Big 12 is not like that. It's rigorous. It's 18 games, and every night you've got to play your best to win. I have no doubt about Houston's talent, and I have no doubt they're the, the best of the four new teams and that they can be a contender in this conference. The trick is going to be whether or not they can remain competitive, especially once you get like into early to mid-February when everybody's played one round through and everybody's kind of gotten a look at one another and, you know, everybody kind of understands that, uh, you know, it's a rock fight, as Brian Priscilla likes to say. Will we get the preseason poll for the men tomorrow then? For the conference or top 25? Uh, for, the, for the conference, yeah. Oh, conference is out. It's uh, out. Oh, it, it was yeah, out? Yeah, last yeah. week. Oh, okay. Yeah, Campers was that. Yeah. We talked about it. Okay. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, okay. Yeah, we did. We did. Well, I believe Houston was too. I believe Houston was. Yeah, pretty sure. I uh, saw Ken Pomeroy has come out with his preseason numbers, and we talked about another analytical site last week. Locally, 
He has Iowa State at 31 in the country. That's a little closer than what we saw last week with Bart Torvik's site. What are your thoughts on the Cyclone men's team as you get ready for tomorrow's men's side of things? Well, I, I, I like where they're at, personally. I think the, the biggest addition they made in the offseason was bringing in more three-point shooting. Yep. And when you think about how they play defense, the way that they stifle opponents, uh, when you think about you know they've added some height, they're a good rebounding team, but the thing that's really kind of bedeviled them the past two years is just consistent three-point shooting. They'll have these runs like they had in the tournament two years ago where they can shoot well from the three, and then it just you know it kind of peaks and valleys throughout the season. Um, the, the, the shooters that they've brought in, I think they can help them stabilize that situation. And if they can perform at the level that they performed at their previous schools, then I think Iowa State has the ability to stretch defenses out uh, to make things more difficult on opponents. And if you pair that with, the, with their ability to play defense, that makes them a really dangerous team when it comes uh, to you know, the daily grind of this conference. And a team that I think that could you know, finish in the, you know, in the top quadrant of this conference doesn't work. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, you hit the nail on the head. They brought in some folks that uh, can uh, shoot the basketball. You know, even though your mark didn't want to talk about it, I do want to ask you, uh, because um, obviously Heartland College Sports keeping a very close eye on the Gonzaga, the rumors. Is there something to this, Matt? I think so. I mean, you know, last year he met with Gonzaga a couple of times in person, once in Dallas, I think once in uh, – I think he went down and met with them in Austin as well when they played Texas in December. Um, I know what he said about, you know, we're, we're not necessarily closed for business, but getting the corner four, four corner schools was a dream scenario. Mm-hmm. But I think he also knows that if he really does want to build a conference that he can monetize or drive revenue for from a pure basketball standpoint, Gonzaga is really the only national brand that's on the board that's not affiliated with a major conference right now. And, and to be clear, Gonzaga is a national brand from a basketball standpoint. The, the rest of their programs are not but from a men's basketball standpoint they are a national brand and if you think about the idea of bringing them into a conference where you could have annual meetings with kansas baylor you know iowa state on down the line uh that's a big deal for them you know down the stretch so you know i i i think we'll i think there will be some resolution at some point fairly soon because if you're gonzaga and you want to join next year you need to let the west coast conference know pretty quickly that you're going to be leaving so um, you know, he didn't talk about it, but I, I think it's, I think it's happening in the background. I think they're talking. I think there's interest from both sides. I do think there are some, you know, some hurdles. I think some of the presidents are probably worried about the travel aspect of it. That's a definitely a consideration, but I, I think they are, I think the rumors are legitimate. I think they are talking. Over to some football wrapping up with Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports, Oklahoma, of course, at the, Catbird seat at the top of the conference and then a whole jumbled mess afterwards. Now, it feels like obviously Texas is that second choice, but if you had to go with somebody out of the top two, outside of Oklahoma, Texas, playing in the title game, who would be your pick right now? That's a good question. You must have read our roundtable last week because we asked this question last week. And uh, oddly enough, I picked Iowa State. Yeah? Uh Um, You know, the team is further along than I thought they would be at this point. There's a lot more chemistry than I expected. The quarterback play has made more progress. Mm -hmm. Um, You look at their schedule after the bye, it's manageable. You know, they, I think they have the capability of winning their next three games, uh, next three or four, I can't remember which, but, you know, if they can keep winning, 
when they get to that Texas game at home in mid-November, that's a control-your-own-destiny kind of game. Yep. You know, if, if they both still have one loss, you win that game, you're in the catbird seat before you go play Kansas State. And, you know, right now Kansas State still only has one loss. So if they can win their next few games, they can get to that last stretch where they're playing Texas and Kansas State and they still only have one loss, then they have the opportunity to control their own destiny and play their way into the Big 12 championship game and yeah the way they're playing right now the way they're progressing as a team they're ahead of where i thought they would be and i you know i give them as good a chance right now as a as a kansas state or any other one loss team in the conference right now isn't that something i mean there's there's so miles ahead of where we thought they were going to be and and it's not crazy what you just said at baylor home to kansas at byu those are three games that they can put in the win column before texas if they do and let's say if they do um, Venables right now is is the favorite, I would think, for coach of the year in, in the conference, right? The start that they're having. But Campbell's got to be in the discussion. Again, Venables is the clear favorite. But if Campbell yeah. keeps this team in the direction they're headed, I mean, it's been remarkable the progress this team has shown. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's, it's probably, it has the potential to turn into one of his better coaching jobs, in my opinion, just, you know, with everything that happened in the offseason not knowing if certain players were going to be with the team until, you know, a certain time. Um, you know, the, the depth of young players in this, on this team and, and the way their defense has played the past few weeks has just been remarkable. And I would be remiss if not including Oklahoma State. You know, yeah, they had a nice a win. Pretty, yep. They've got a nice win, and, and they're the only team, I think, of all the teams that have one loss, they're the only team that still has all four new schools ahead of them. Yes, so you're right. There is a team where, like, where you're like, if you win all four of those games and you can find a way to beat Oklahoma and Bedlam, you can really screw this whole thing up for everybody. <laughs> I mean, Oklahoma State's in this too, and yeah. I was really impressed with how they played against Kansas, just because their quarterback play has gotten better. They're using Gordon the way I think they should be using him, and their defense it it bent, but it didn't break against Kansas last week. So, what I love about this right now is, yeah, I think we can all agree that Texas is probably the most talented team with the one loss teams. But there are so many teams with one loss. Mm-hmm. You can you can look at each of them and say, you know what? If things fall right and they can control their destiny going into mid-November, they've got as good a chance as anybody is getting Darlington. It's wild. Uh, you're 100% right. At West Virginia this weekend for the Cowboys, then home to Cincinnati, Bedlam, as you mentioned, at Central Florida, at Houston, home to BYU. Going to be yeah. wild. It's going to be fun. Buckle up. Hate that it's we're at this point, but at least it's going to be fun down the stretch. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. He's on there on the ground for the next two days, uh, covering Big Twelve Media Days, which means you won't be in Arlington tomorrow night for Game Three. Uh, your coverage of the Texas Rangers is going to have to take a back seat tomorrow night. Uh, actually, schedule change. I'm on a flight tomorrow morning to go back for Game Three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good, good choice, Matt Postens. What a, what a series this has been so far. But um, I'm not sure you had a chance where you were as far as uh, airplanes yesterday. Boy, it felt like Houston was coming back, didn't it? It just they kept picking away. I was I was taking advantage of somebody's Wi-Fi on the plane and nice. watching the game over their shoulder. I, I caught the bases loaded jam that Evaldi got out of. I caught the Chapman giving up the home run in the eighth inning. This is just, they're on some kind of run. Yep. I, I i don't have anything Rangers history-wise to equate this to in the postseason. I mean, they played well in 2010 and 2011. Mm-hmm. They didn't have this kind of a run. and It's its good, but if you also look at the, I think there are now seven teams that have won seven straight postseason games. 
The only one to win a World Series was last year's Houston Astros. Is that right? Didn't know that. So, so that's a good one. Um, yeah, that's, you know, it's it's a good thing, but will it end up leading to a World Series championship? That's the big question. Good stuff, Matt Postens. Thanks for jumping on from Kansas City. We appreciate it. Heartland College Sports. Heartland College Sports. Thank you, Matt. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you, Matt Postens. Uh, leaving Kansas City, headed back over. It covers the Rangers. Got, yeah. got to go home, man. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the ALCS, after all. All right, time for another NIL opportunity. Uh, you can claim your money right now by going to kxno.com. Uh, the pop-up box will appear when it does. The keyword is bills. Bills at kxno.com. Bills at kxno.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Murph and Andy have a couple. The drive with Heather and Sean. Three more opportunities uh, with the afternoon team. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. It's so good. The Tavern at 1350th Street in West Des Moines is under new ownership. And it's now Bevy's Tavern. It's a great place to unwind after a long day, catch up with friends, catch a ball game over delicious drinks and tasty bites. Come eat, come sip, and come socialize. Bevy's Tavern with new ownership at 1350th Street, just off 235. For you by Pfizer. Guys, are you looking for an excuse to watch football all weekend long? Then schedule your vasectomy with the Urology Center of Iowa. The Urology Center of Iowa offers nitrous during your vasectomy, cutting-edge technology to help you relax during your procedure. Make the call to 515-400-3550. That's 400-3550 or online at iowauro.com. Vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa. And tell them you heard it on you.com. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call one 800 Family owned since 1970, Kemker's True Value and Rental helps you buy what you want and rent what you need. Get to work on that to-do list with help from Kemker's True Value and Rental. Kemker's has all your hardware needs, plus their rental catalog is perfect for do-it-yourselfers. With two Central Iowa locations to better serve you in Grimes and Huxley, make it Kemker's True Value and Rental. Find out what they can do for you at Kemker'sTrueValue.com. That's Kemker's True Value Trust. Welcome back. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Straight up 1230. Trends plays of the day coming up here in about, oh, 20 minutes or thereabouts. Let's talk some NFL. Vinny Iyer covers the NFL for the Sporting News, and he joins us. Vinny, as always, thank you. Uh, Trenton Ken in Des Moines. How are you, Vinny? Uh, doing well. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you coming on. I want to start with something I heard Mike Tirico say on Sunday night. That just for whatever reason it stuck with me because I have to believe that Buffalo has got to be the only uh, city or the only uh, franchise in the NFL that you, if if there's an injury, heaven forbid, an injury on the field and that player has to be transported to the hospital, that it's an 18 mile drive. I mean, that shocked me, Vinny. Um, 
is that getting any, I guess, traction when uh, it was became known that it's that far to the nearest hospital? Yeah, it's a very interesting situation, and we've had two scary incidents on that same field, and not uh, too much separation of time. So, yeah, I don't. It's uh, one of those things. I mean, the NFL is interesting with the smaller markets having such big followings and things that are going on, but maybe it's something they can do instead of stadiums have some facility there to help out and potentially if these things happen again there. So I don't know what the NFL can do, but maybe this is a higher priority now that it's happened twice here. Maybe that's uh, something they can build as a separate thing in the facility there for the Bills. Well, it's the middle of October and the undefeateds are no more in mm. the NFL as the 49ers and Eagles go down. Eagles, Ken and I talked about this earlier in the week, Vinny. Just something didn't feel quite right, even with the 5-0 and start to the season. 49ers have looked outstanding, and then injuries starting to pile up for them. Who are you more concerned for? Come January, who is in a better position in your mind to be a team to represent the NFC? Yeah, I mean, it's early in the race, and it really comes down to the longer term, what team can be the healthiest, right? I mean, that's what it came down to at the end. There were the 49ers and Eagles, the Lions are... Now battling some injury attrition with uh, David Montgomery. So it, it's tough. You just have to survive the season. It, don't, it usually happens around the middle of the time where you're going to have people get hurt. You just have to manage that, get those guys healthy for the stretch run and the playoffs and hope for the best. So right now, I mean, you'd have to say, I mean, Dallas uh, had a bit of a rebound win, but there's still a lot of question marks with Dallas. I mean, the teams that have looked the most impressive, you have to say, went healthy, the 49ers, the Eagles, and Lions. So. I think it's one of those teams right now. I mean, you don't see anyone in the NFC South challenging. I mean, the Buccaneers are the best team. The Lions are going to handle them pretty well. Then you look elsewhere. I mean, the North, uh, we'll see if anyone else can emerge there. But Green Bay is going up and down with its quarterback situation. So, look, it's not a lot in the NFC. Maybe the Rams. That's where I'm going. Yeah, capable of making a run. But they can't seem to execute in these bigger games that they've had. I mean, they've had opportunities against the 49ers and Bengals. Haven't quite been able to finish those games. So, will it be enough to be on the lesser teams of the league and get there, or are they really just kind of a 500 team that's kind of overachieving at this point? So, that's what I'm not sure about with the Rams still out there. Then you have some other teams that are hanging on that are 500 that might surprise some people. The Raiders being out there, the Browns. I don't know what they're going to do in the AFC, but yeah, the NFC seems like a very compressed group of contenders at this point. Sure does. Uh, to the uh, AFC in particular, the team that right now finds themselves in last place in in the North, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. They've won two straight. I, I think Joe Burrow is, uh, I mean, if he's not 100%, I think he's clearly, at least at this week, trending in that direction. Uh, where are you on Cincinnati? Would you say they're back, or they still got, a sh- in, in your mind, a couple of steps to take before that you're going to buy the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, you just have to look at the state of the division, right? The Ravens are up and down a little bit. They're pretty good so far, but they've usually beaten up on bad teams there, and they have a tough test themselves against the Lions this week. The Steelers have to go to the Rams, so that's not a bad bye week. And then the Browns, P.J. Walker, we'll see. They have, they were obviously up for beating the 49ers last week, but a lot of things broke in their favor. It's going to be hard to repeat that in Indianapolis this week against a tricky team on the road. So, Look, uh, it all could work out in the favor of the Bengals or the bye, but I don't see anyone running away with the division. There's going to be opportunities to catch up here. We know uh, the Ravens had an opportunity there to sweep on the road and couldn't quite finish it with the Steelers game. 
just a couple weeks ago. So I think everyone's going to be tight. I don't think anyone is good enough to pull away, but I don't think any team is bad enough to fade either. So this is what I expected. I thought all four teams could be somewhat competitive. Some team is going to be the odd team out there, and we'll see. I mean, maybe it's uh, you get the Jaguars, the Chiefs, and the Bills, Dolphins, and then it's wide open for the other spots. So it'll be interesting to see how this develops here with the division. But, again, I think it's going to be tight all season long. And any one of can win it. I actually had the Steelers, the Ravens, and Bengals make the playoffs, and I still could see that happening. Mm-hmm. Speaking of divisions that are tight, the NFC South, I don't know if there's a good team in there, but somebody has to win this division. Tampa uh, left a lot on the board last week, even though they look beautiful in the cream sickle uniforms. I, they should wear them every week. Absolutely. Falcons finally lose a home game with Desmond Ritter. He had that run of, what, 30 straight wins at home, dating back to Cincinnati. And then the Saints just so inconsistent there. We know the Panthers stink, but... Who do you like of the teams out of that triumvirate? Yeah, I mean, I think the Bucks are still looking the best here. I mean, the Saints have their issues. They're hiding their car as much as they can from week to week. I think Baker Mayfield has played pretty well. He, I think he maybe tried to do too much last week. There were some plays available to beat the Lions with, and he just didn't execute them. So maybe it's tough to just see that he faced a tough defense here for the Bucks, But... I think there's a long way to go. I, I think the Falcons, they have to decide, do we need to make the quarterback change? Does he give us the best chance to win games going forward? I mean, he's looked good at times, but just looked terrible at other times. So that's something to worry about there. Derek Carr might be just a little long of a tooth here. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting, uh, Bryce Young. I thought he might help the Panthers being best quarterback, and I think the last couple of weeks, they, Bryce Young is starting to figure it out and put it together. But Unfortunately, they're not very good defensively, and that's costing the Panthers a lot more here than those other teams. So I, I look at this division, I think it's also going to be tight. But right now, let's say the Bucks. We'll see what happens. Bucks atlanta this week. That's going to be a big one in the division race uh, coming up. Uh, what will the Broncos do with Russell Wilson after this year? I mean, I know it's, it's a tough, tough uh, swallow whenever they do it. But it seems like Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, Wilson wasn't the problem per se in the first couple of games. I play, you know, didn't play well against Kansas City. I'm starting to really believe that Russell Wilson will not be a Denver Bronco next year. Where are you, Vinny? Yeah, it's just hard to get out of that contract. So they have to see what they could do and not really put them in a bad financial spot going forward. But there's always ways to do that. They can restructure, trade, whatever. But I think, there's another team probably willing to maybe go after it. Maybe, who knows, maybe they'll mend something in Seattle and Geno Smith has one more year or something. I don't know. I mean, that would be the wackiest scenario, but there are different ways to look at it with this. And, again, the Broncos have to say, what's our other option? Right now they have the number three overall pick behind the Bears' two spots there in the draft. Are they comfortable with what they could get there, the way that things are playing out with Michael Penix and Bo Nix and, Drake May and other quarterbacks behind mm-hmm. Caleb Williams. Can they get that player? Can they trade up to get Caleb Williams? How do they get out of the contract? So all these things are in play here for the Broncos. So, again, they're going to try their best to get out of it. To me, I don't think he's been the problem this year too much. I mean, they ran to a tough Chiefs defense last week, but you look at the numbers offensively, they've definitely been a lot more improved than last season with Sean Payton. The problem is their defense is historically bad, and it just went into the pick. Fiddy, uh, last week there was a lot of conversation about the playing surface, grass versus turf fields, and, and it became a pretty big talking point, something the Players Association obviously has looked at the numbers and believe 
that grass is just much safer than turf. What's your takeaway from all the conversation last week and kind of where you sit on that? It's difficult at some spots, but we've seen places like Arizona that, yes, it's a dome stadium, yet they have the grass outside, they water it, they get the sun, and then they bring it back in for the games. It can be done. Where do you sit in this conversation? Yeah, I would prefer all stadiums or grass I mean, in any sport. I just think that's the way it is. I know that there's maintenance issues and things like that. The only, I'm going to say one field study that should not be grass is a youth sports. Um, <laughs> just because they have so many rain outs and they need mm-hmm. ways to dry out the fields and get those being played. And uh, if you have safe turf there for youth sports, I think it's a better way to go so you don't miss out on a lot of game action and all that. But like in terms of NFL, I mean, with all the money that they can invest in maintaining grass and indoor, outdoor combo stadiums, like just make them all grass. It's just better. It just looks better for the NFL. There's no reason to go with this because there's some that are just not as well-designed synthetically as others are. So just make it simple. You're never going to get the same feel that you're going to get with natural grass. And I think it's a better experience for everyone overall. Uh, my last thing for you, Vinny, uh, can Bill Belichick really go out like this? Uh, and, and does it, does Kraft push him? How's it going to end in New England? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a possibility of Kraft firing him, but I don't think Kraft is going to be very popular if that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, if you get rid of a guy that has won your six Super Bowls, build your whole franchise, Nobody, I'm sorry, nobody knows the name Robert Kraft without Bill right. Belichick and Tom Brady. That's true. I mean, the reason why Kraft is even in the news or that we know who he is and aware of all the things he does and doesn't do is because of what his coach and everyone has done. So, look, he could get petty and move on from him. I don't know if this is going to be like a Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones type situation with Phelps, but, I mean, at this point, he should have the benefit of the doubt and he should leave on his own terms if that's the case here. It should never be they're going to fire him. I mean, he's just done too much. Mm-hmm. And look, I don't know if anyone else could ever claim to have a longer lease here than him because, look, he's got six titles and he's a little bit older. So, I mean, the one thing that I would say that would come before the firing is retiring from Bill Belichick. So, I think that happens when he stops seeing the game as being fun. But Again, if he gets in position to get Caleb Williams, the game could be fun again. That's true. (laughs) It definitely would be. There's no doubt. We'll get you out on this. The Bears look like Justin Fields was taking a step forward, now an injured thumb, and they take a couple of steps back. That is that organization as a whole here. What can this team do, and how important is it to get him back, get him healthy, and still what they have knowing that, they have Carolina's pick. They're going to have a high pick themselves next year. And what this quarterback class looks to be. Yeah, it's really tough here. I mean, it's, oh, man, I don't know what they're going to get. I mean, it's been a really tough situation because you saw Justin Fields flash right before he got hurt. I mean, the Vikings game didn't start out well, but he was red hot before then as a passer. He's getting it done with DJ Moore and feeling really great about it. So I don't know. It's just hard. I mean, I guess the one advantage you have is that you can reboot on the rookie contract right away. And I think you'll get some value for Fields, right? There should be someone interested in Fields that is not going to be picking up there in the top of the draft that's going to need a quarterback. I mean, the Raiders actually might be too good. And uh, we've already heard reports that they wanted to go after C.J. Stroud. So, look, I think the Raiders are a fine 
teams who target, I think, for any of these teams or the commanders. If they move on from Ronda there, they're, they're going to probably be looking for a change of quarterback as well. So I think those are two teams that are going to be just mediocre enough to not to get this quarterback. So that's what you have to weigh. Do we want to do that and have a team give us an extra pick here and then really be sitting pretty in the first round where now you have a lot of ammo to make a blockbuster and get some more picks and really load up on defense? That's what I would think about here. So if the Bears uh, do that, I mean, look, they're, they're going to have two first-rounders extra no matter what. Because I think Fields is still worth that to another team because he's still rather cheap and has a lot of upside, mm-hmm. especially if you're not in position to get one of those quarterbacks early. So it'll be interesting to see what the Bears do, but they have a big decision. Clearly it doesn't matter what they do because if the Panthers keep losing. They're going to be in well positioned to take uh, Caleb Williams straight up uh, without any worries. You know, just uh, I guess on that uh, on that flavor, um, as a Broncos fan, it's mock draft season already, sadly. Where are you on Michael Penix? And, that, and how much do the injuries, because I know you get into the mock drafts as soon as the, you know, probably before the season comes to an end, you'll get your first one out there. But where are you on Penix and how big of a concern is his injury history? You know what Michael Penix is starting to remind me of, and, and if someone says he's athletic, I mean, this is not a very athletic quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not scouting him. They haven't seen Washington play this year. Um, he's just a guy that's not going to beat you with his legs. But who's hurt a lot in college? Who throws left-handed? Who's a great assistant? you got to say that's Tua Tagbola. I mean, he reminds me a lot of that, right? The way he kind of delivers the ball and, and does that, and Tua's not a running quarterback. He can move a little bit, but that's not what he does, right? So, I think in a 49ers-like system, if I'm looking at him, the way C.J. Stroud is playing and the way Tua's playing, that's the player I'm targeting. So if I can do that, like go into this uh, 49ers style of offense and land Michael Penix, I'm going to feel really good about my chances next year. Uh, Vinny I are locked on podcast as well as uh, Sporting News, where you can read Vinny. Vinny, thanks for jumping on. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. Yep, good to talk to you, Vinny Iyer, as we catch up on the NFL. Well, we've got a trio of college football games tonight. Is that what it is? So that means you're out, out on the college football business. We've got a baseball game. Well, I'm not betting all three, that's for sure. But do you have an opinion on any of them? we got a lean. We'll okay. see if we can get there here before we uh, come back. Uh, we'll do that. Circus Sports sponsors, Trent's Plays of the Day. They're next. It's Miller and Condon, 1245 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Good bets off. The time is now to schedule your vasectomy with the Urology Center of Iowa. Schedule your vasectomy around a big football weekend and recover on your couch or chair while watching football all weekend long. The Urology Center of Iowa offers no scalpel vasectomies. And now for your follow-up checkup, you don't even have to go back to the office. Post-procedure, send it in. Set up your vasectomy appointment at 515-400-3550. That's 400 400- 3550 or online. I- Hundred bets off. Joined by Dr. Kelly Bleat Eye Care with locations in Waukee, Two and Ankeny, and Norwalk. Dr. Janzma, you do so much more than just new glasses and contacts. We also provide medical eye care for things like dry eyes, eye allergies, glaucoma, diabetic eye care, and especially urgent things. We want to encourage you to call our office when you have an eye emergency instead of going to urgent care where they might not be properly equipped to diagnose and manage an eye condition. That's Elite Eye Care. Online, I die. Dr. Des Moines, W.com. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. 
right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-TODAY. Family owned since 1970, Kemker's True Value and Rental helps you buy what you want and rent what you need. Get to work on that to-do list with help from Kemker's True Value and Rental. Kemker's has all your hardware needs, plus their rental catalog is perfect for do-it-yourselfers. With two Central Iowa locations to better serve you in Grimes and Huxley, make it Kemker's True Value and Rental. Find out what they can do for you at Kemker'sTrueValue.com. That's Kemker's True Value. Disability and workers' compensation. Claims. Man, our equipment is just dirty. Well, you need to call Washer Systems of Iowa. Dang, man, I'm freezing. We need some heat in here. Washer Systems of Iowa's got heaters. This floor is a mess. Washer Systems of Iowa is Central Iowa's commercial cleaning equipment experts. Featuring Mighty M pressure washers, factory cat floor scrubbers, and Energy Logic waste oil furnaces. All the equipment that you'll need to keep your equipment clean and your shop nice and warm. Stop by the the showroom at 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines, an exclusive dealer of Mighty M commercial cleaning equipment. Online. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, Miller Condon, final couple of minutes here on a Tuesday. Murph and Andy, top of the hour, the drive with Heather and Sean from 3 until 6. Iowa State Coaches Show tonight at 6.30, I want to say. Uh, but let's get into it, Trent. It is time for the Circus Sports Play of the Day. And what are you playing? All right. So we got two plays. I have to grab the Diamondbacks. You're going to bet against Nola? I am. I like Merrill Carroll- Kelly. It's good. I like the spot. I like the situation. Things got away in a hurry yesterday. Boy, and because of that, it, it was it happens very, very quickly, right? So because of that, I'm gonna take it. I like the price that you're going How to get. How much what are you getting? Let me uh go back a screen and I will get it for you in just a moment because I was tracking one other pick while I was doing that. Uh let's go back to the screen and right now at circa do 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 let's get there. Come on. Plus one forty three. I was going to say buck thirty five, so that's yeah. good. Now other places you'll get that buck thirty five <laughs> at circa. Yes, you will get plus one forty three. I have my first hockey play of the year tonight. Tonight, where are you going? I'm going to your stomping grounds. No, don't do it. You better take the Kings. Get me the Jets. Oh Jesus! Minus one twenty five. Hello, Buck. Let's go. Yeah, he's good, but uh, so are the Kings. We'll see. I'll be obviously locked in on that one, but I can't wait for baseball tonight. I'm going to be fading Talbot and both the big favorites tonight in college football. I had a lean to Liberty both of them. and South Alabama. Uh no, Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky. So Liberty is like a two touchdown favorite, and I just numbers wise, I couldn't get there. Two touchdowns felt like too much. Western Kentucky's a little north of a touchdown, like eight, eight and a half. Same thing. Well, how about this? I'll just parlay them together. Just money line. Now it's still minus one eighty seven, but it's better. But it's better. All they have to do, each of those big favorites, is win, mm-hmm. and you're on the plus side on that one. So that's what we're looking at with the college football. Liberty, Western Kentucky, money line Parlay, the Winnipeg Jets, <laughs> minus 125, and the D-backs, plus 140. What a group of teams. Liberty, 
Western Kentucky, <laughs> Winnipeg, and the Diamondbacks. P.U. Yuck. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, we'll grade your report card tonight. Hopefully, you at least got the hockey play right. <laughs> uh, we will uh, get on out of here and make way for Murph and Andy. They're next to drive with Heather and Sean. Don't forget, every day begins with the morning rush. They take the airwaves at 6. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays, 11 to 1. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXN. Oh.